We've made it, guys. Episode 10 of Into the Van. Thank you so much for listening, and what a podcast I've got in store for you today. Drew Dixon is such a phenomenal musician. I've missed him. He's been to the UK once before. He was here in September. And, you know, the curse of being a musician and having musician friends is the odds of them doing a show the same time you're doing a show are pretty high. So I didn't get to see Drew last year. He was meant to be coming in April, and we were hopefully going to be catching up at some point. Then, obviously, the pandemic's put a play to that, so he was meant to be coming September. That looks like it's getting pushed as well. So we haven't actually had a chance to meet face-to-face yet. I don't think you could tell by listening to this podcast that we've not met. Drew is such an eloquent, forthcoming guy. That's such a fun and absolute pleasure to talk to. So this podcast goes on to an hour and 20 minutes of just us talking alone. And honestly, it felt like 45 minutes. It's such a fun uh, podcast. We talk about, you know, Leonard Skinner, his European tour as an independent artist. He books his shows himself as an independent artist. He opened for Leonard Skinner. You know, we talk about his songwriting process, his uh, work in Nashville. And it's an absolutely fun and lovely conversation I've had with Drew. And I really think you're going to enjoy it. So... This is going to be, I think, one of the last few podcasts before The Next Life is actually out. So if you haven't pre-ordered it, please go pre-order it now. The single Rock Ferry is out. Um, I'm going to put a track for you now to give you a little taste. to my store at mike333west.com and pick up uh, your copy of the next life it's out soon all the packaging's been delivered we're just waiting on everything to actually arrive so we can start shipping stuff out i'm super excited about that 
I don't want to take up too much of your time because again, this podcast does go into an hour and 20 plus. And this is such a fun conversation with Drew. If you've not listened to him before, please go check him out. You know, he's good friends with my good friends, the Plot Hounds. You know, he's good people. His songs are killer. He's a lovely dude. And this is a brilliant podcast to uh, make our 10th podcast go. So I'm super fucking happy with this. So without further ado, Drew Dixon, Mike West, into the van we go. Welcome to Into the Van with me, Mike West. Thanks so much for doing this. I know you've just said course, like this is your first like Zoom interaction. So have you not done any like I don't think I've seen you do any live streams or anything yet during I've like, done a, this. I've done a couple, but it's all been like Instagram live, Facebook live, um, through GroupMe or some some of the other apps that you can do the live stream with. But I haven't really done a lot, man. I like at the beginning I did I don't know a handful maybe, mm. uh, but man, it's, it was just like. I don't know. It, it like wears on you almost. Like it was like, it wasn't helping. It was like, like it was, it was doing the opposite effect for me, man. It was like just sitting playing and like, you can like feel that distance between you and, and if anybody tunes in and that was like, it was, that was such a, such a drag, man. Like, I, like what we're doing now, I'd much rather do this where you just, where you sit and like yeah. talk and then maybe play a song, maybe not but mostly just like you're actually having interaction mm-hmm. other than just like going live and then you play a song and then it's quiet in your in the room you're in and you're like i guess i'll play another one now and you play it's like man it was it was kind of a, a drag so i kind of stepped away from it but maddie happy to be talking to you dude yeah come on yeah it's hard to keep that energy i know i did one back in march when it first started happening but my girlfriend's a massive like horror figure collector so we've yeah. got life-size chucky dolls around the house That's so i set awesome. up a full audience of like you had an audience of Chucky dolls? Yeah. I That's even, incredible. I queued up on the Xbox on the other side of the room, a, a YouTube video of an audience cheering so I could hit it in between <laughs> just to try and do something that was a bit more close to like... Oh, dude, one. that's so brilliant. That's awesome. But even just for me, because it is that disconnect between people, and I think it's hard because I know our government today on what, June the 8th, well, June 9th, July 9th, they're saying for this weekend, they're allowing open air uh, gigs again, but socially distanced. So it's going to be interesting that, but I think the hardest so thing- So like, are you able to do like, like acoustic or full band or have they, have they specified that? I think it can be full band. I think it's just outdoor wow. gigs and yeah. they'll just kind of socially distance and limit the crew and stuff, I think. So I think a lot of promoters and bands are going to be seeing what they can do over the weekend to rattle together. Yeah, that's but- cool. Yeah, but you do like lose that like disconnect from a, doing like a Facebook live and then you're just seeing like little comments and things pop up. It's a really weird thing to kind of. And then I forget the lyrics to the, to the song because I'm like trying to read the comments at the same time, and so like that was messing me up. So I had to like remember to, like not read the comments while I'm playing. <laughs> yeah, I've just That's started. Really. Yeah, I've just started doing like little Zoom ones like this, so they're more like I've kind of thought with Facebook, people don't engage really; they just keep scrolling and swiping. So I've set up some Zoom shows and they've seemed to have been better. I've put like a little chat bar thing and we do a Q&A in between songs and at the end and stuff. That seems to have, for me, that's been like the middle ground for it, which I've been like enjoying. But it's such a weird 
like way that everyone's had to kind of change and embrace new technologies to just keep going. It's really strange at the moment. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's, it's been weird here. Like, you know, so in Nashville where I am currently, it's like we were in phase three, which meant that you could start having live music and you could have two, two people on stage at a time. You can have full bands. Um, and so that was just, that was just here in Nashville. Whereas down in Chattanooga, which is like an hour and a half, two hours down the road, you could have full bands on stage. And so I had a buddy's band go down there and play, but still it's like, but then, you know, they had the barrier that's normally, you know, three feet from the stage had to be like 10 feet from the stage. Mm -hmm. But then after that, the crowd could just be as close as they wanted. So it's like, man, it's like all the, 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 the rolling out of all what, what can be done, what can be done. It's been so bizarre to see, especially from like the music standpoint, man, like, you never really know. Like, so now, so Nashville's gone back to phase two now. I don't even know. I don't even know if the live music is allowed right now. Cause then, cause like phase two right now, guidelines are different than what phase two was initially back in May. Mm. And I don't know. It's, it's very bizarre, man. So I'll be interested to see how y'all handle it. Cause like, that's encouraging. That's encouraging. If, if, if they're letting you have full bands immediately, mm. just as long as everyone in the crowd, you know, remains socially distant and that's, that's rad. Yeah, hopefully. I I know I've just seen a few gig adverts for the Netherlands. They've started easing things off. So it's mm-hmm. been interesting to see that. But it just kind of seems like, it's from, from in my mind, it's like everyone's like cavemen and they've retreated back into the cave. And now people are just slowly trying to put their foot out. And right now everyone's kind of watching to see how far people get before the fucking bear gets them or something. And it's really weird. <laughs> like societal thing where everyone's kind of watching each other and then one idiot will run out and everyone will go, so is that the guideline? And that is that the baseline? And everyone will go, no, that's not the fucking baseline. And it's where the line is for people is really strange to see, especially like the arguments and the discussion for where that line is as well. Dude, you're not wrong, man. That's so, that's so, that's so true. Like, you know, you'll have someone, like you said, running way out and that's the extreme then you have all the people that are in the back yelling at that person I mean, like that's wrong and it's like okay well where in the middle ground is like or, or even like where you know the full crowd the line where the full crowd is like is that where we're like the right place we're supposed to be like is that like because like is it too much us being afraid to go back out because that's definitely a, a real fear yeah. because man when you've been told for you know now we're in july it's happened in march so you've been told for what is that four months mm-hmm. now that that, you know, that, that it's a very um, real threat to your health. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty scary. Even when it's something as simple as going to the grocery store or going to get gas or something like that, man, like it can mess with your head. And so like, mm-hmm. there's, I've definitely seen, especially here in Nashville, cause we've been starting to um, um, open up a little more. You definitely see the um, both, both crowds. You see the people that, that are out already every single night cause they've been cooped up the entire yeah. time. But you also see the people that used to be out all the time that, that have been still staying in and, and being um, very cautious about coming back into the into the the, the public. Really, yeah. um, I was I was pretty scared at the beginning, man. I was I was very much. I definitely took it to the I don't want to say extreme, but like I lived by myself, so like you know, it was like um, I, I I if I left, I was going to the grocery store, and that was pretty much it. Mm. Um, I got to go home and see my family and that was great. And that was a kind of a motivator for me to stay isolated and make sure that I had you know, been by myself for a long enough time that I knew I could go home and be safe around them. 
Um, but even like, but even then on the drive home, I had to stop and get gas and I was worried about touching the gas handle, you know, stuff like that. Mm. Um, but now it's like, now that, you know, stuff is starting to open back up. I've kind of gotten, you know, gotten used to going out and seeing people in person. But even that's because yeah. like, you don't know whether they want to shake their hand or give them a hug or just, you know, fist pound them or like something like you, you never know, or just like stand there with your hands on your hips or in your pockets and just say hello. It's, mm. it's very bizarre, man. And it's, 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 it's something that'll be an interesting thing to watch like in the next like year even, which is weird to say that it's going to trickle out that far. It's going to be even, you know, that plus more, especially for music. Mm. And it, it's, it's very bizarre. I'm, I'm just hoping that with everything, I mean, I'm obviously with us, man, I mean, you, it's like, I'm hoping that music can get back as, as, as quickly as possible. And that's, that's one of those things that's, that's very far down on the the ladder of what is um, what is I don't know I don't want to say important because to us it's very important yeah but like it, like in the in the scheme of overall public health I guess that's it's it's far down on that list um, in, in terms of getting back to normal um, mm. so we'll see man and, and the, the whole bar scene here is so it's so different county to really? county mm. so like. Um, Dude, like, like, like the distance of like, the distance of like Liverpool to Preston, I would put like that close to like, like Nashville to, not even to Chattanooga. But I was talking about before. It's like not even mm. that far. Really? But it's it's a completely different set of rules because you have it's a, it's set up entirely different. And so like you can do just fifteen minutes south of Nashville, it's a different county, and so all those bars are wide open. And uh, whereas you go coming to Davidson County, which is Nashville, and it's completely shut down. It's very bizarre, man. It, it's so strange how it's all like being monitored or policed mm -hmm. or rolled back. It's, it's, it's crazy, dude. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I think that's one of the big, like, because everyone's kind of seen how America's reacted to it. But people, because Americans are so like connected and they have like such a strong sense of identity that connects everyone in the country, you kind of forget that it's a continent as well. And each like state could be like the size of its own country. So oh, yeah. the way that it filters down into like federal, state law, mayors, and things, it's so splintered. And that's really where you've kind of seen this divide where there's already been so much going on about like different like factions in the states clashing. This has kind of shown how divisive things really are. And then the one sure. true thing that can really connect people is like art and music is being withheld. So is that kind of exacerbating the situation? And it's such a weird melting pot to be in right now that I'm really feeling for you guys over there and kind of lucky that in this, like in Britain, we've really only got one body of government. Liverpool has gone rogue a bit because they've disagreed with how the government's been handling certain things. Like they didn't open schools when the government told them to. So there's a small fraction of it, but it's like, magnified over where you guys are um yeah like it, it's it's funny that you say like is the is the is is the is the i guess the, the holding back of of arts and stuff like that hurting it, it's got to be man because that's how people like that's how people peacefully or organically or naturally express themselves you yeah. know what i mean like you know there's there's so much that, that comes from you know being able to get on stage in front of someone and sing a song write a song read poetry uh, dance anything and so um, that's been a crazy part to see like the like the other the other avenues i guess that people have gone in order to 
just stay sane, man. And, and yeah, you're right. Like, so, you know, like the yeah, U S is set up on federalism so that there isn't one person just telling you, Hey, you all have to do this, which I, which is, you know, I understand it. Like, I've, yeah. I've, I've brought up my entire life saying that's what this is, but it's crazy. Cause like, dude, you know, we have free interstate travel. You leave you go from one state to the other. There's no one at the border, no one, no one checking anything. Mm-hmm. We have those states shutting down individually or opening up individually man, it's just like, it, it's such a, it's such a bizarre thing to watch now. Cause I'm I mean, in hindsight, it's 2020 in the beginning, no one knew what was going on yeah. at all. And so it's such a bizarre thing to like look back on now. I've been like, man, like if anyone could say we should have done this, should have done that. And I certainly don't know better than anyone else, but like in, in terms of like now the opening process, when everyone's starting to open up in, at different levels, that to me just seems like, the same thing we did before where we were closing down at different levels and mm. it's just creating the same problems again. Like, you know, like, like we're having to revert back to a phase two from a phase three because we were open when other people weren't. And so all the people that were in that place that weren't open, they were like, Oh, well we want to go to that, that place that's open now. And so those people that probably weren't even listening to the rules there are coming here now. Mm. And it's like, man, it's so frustrating. Just again, I'm ready to get back on stage, dude. I'm ready to travel. I'm ready to come like back over to y'all and like, and, and, and be in England and Germany and Italy and places where we went and had, had so much fun. But it's like, you know, right now the, the shows from April got pushed to September, but that's going to get pushed again. Like there's no way it's going it's to happen again, dude. Um, so, I mean, probably now I'm looking for early 2021 and it's like, man, it's such a bummer to, to be thinking about, you know, not playing a live show in front of people for that long oh, yeah. it's, it's the worst yeah it's such like even i was watching that new eurovision film on netflix with the will ferrell <laughs> yeah. and will i was ferrell, watching yeah. i was watching them on stage just so envious do you know when you just yeah. staring at it like i'd fucking kill to yeah like when they're like they, have you seen it yeah. yeah 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 where they play in like that icelandic bar so there's like 20 people there yeah, and i was totally. like i would fucking kill to be in that to be in a dirty dark bar with just 20 people there, the majority of whom don't care that you're playing a song, but just to be there, man, like to have to load all your gear in and play for, you know, for beer and a free meal and then load all your stuff back. It's like, dude, yeah. the stuff that you didn't know you would miss ever. It's like, that's the stuff you miss. It's crazy, man. And I think this has kind of shown like being on the inside of, it, you know, how kind of society has just devalued music from like Napster in the early 2000s to Spotify playing, paying like 0.02 pence or whatever. And and all these bars closed and then people, like, I don't know if you saw it, there was an article in a British paper and it was the most, like the top five most important jobs during lockdown and the least five important jobs. And at the top of that with 71% was artists. And then everyone was like, you can kind from a logical, rational viewpoint you go of course the doctors the nurses the bin men they're the important ones right. but then to have the artists at the top of the least important ones when you know that everyone in lockdown is binging netflix spotify video games buying Absolutely. a shit ton of records it's kind of, it is just another slap in the face to the creative like yeah there. that's an interesting uh uh take on it man and it's, and it's totally right because like yeah dude i mean during a pandemic someone playing a guitar on the surface does not seem very important. You know what I mean? But at the same time, you're right. It's like, is it, you know, 
is our, our doctors listening to on, on their, on their, you know, when they're having to work these crazy shifts, when they have 10 minutes alone, are they putting on a song that they want to listen to? Are they putting on a podcast? All that's coming from a creative place. Yeah. And so like, that's the sort of thing that like, right. Kind of falls through the, cra- the cracks. And so, you know, I, I think, you know, I don't know, moving forward, who's, who's to know what will uh, be valued or devalued. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think, you know, as many people have started, uh, what's the word, uh, uh, influencing on their own uh, 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 Instagram pages, the amount of people that I've seen start to like, you know, you, you look at their story and there's 12 dots across the top because the entire time they're just talking about an herbal tea or something like that. The amount of people that have done that, it almost is like, yeah, dude, well, that's like what an entire group of people have been doing as a living for a long time now. Now y'all are seeing that like, yeah, like, you find something you're passionate about and you want to tell your friends about it. And that's what it kind of stems out of. And so dude, who knows, who knows? It's, it's, it's so bizarre. It's, it's been nice to like, like yesterday. So, um, uh, one of my buddies is getting married in, in Nashville. And, uh, of course, since it got pushed back to phase two, they had to like cut down the guest list to like immediate family only. Mm. And so a buddy of mine and myself are playing the first dance. And so he and I got together yesterday just to jam and uh, we were literally just sitting on his front porch and there were just people walking by. It's late afternoon, you know, families taking a stroll with the kids and like that. And it was, dude, it felt so good. <laughs> it was, you know, just him with the snare drum and brushes, me with a guitar and just sitting there. And after we kind of ran through this, the, the, the songs we were going to play, we just kept going. And it was just like, man, this feels awesome. And that's, that's something that like, it's starting to get back to normal, you know, the, 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 so the bar that I work at here also has had acoustic acts come in and play and that's great to see. Um, and we were, you know, we were getting, we were, we were, we were getting almost to the, the back to where we could get full bands, man. And then everything got shut down, which is such, it's such a bummer, but it's like, I don't know, a bunch of places weren't taking the, the rollout seriously. They weren't following the rules that were yeah. set in place and, and whether or not you agree with the rules or not, it's just like, you know, it's, it's the principle of, man, follow this for now just so that later on we can, we can do what we want to do. But yeah. now, we, you know, can push back who knows how far. That's, that's, that's really a, a disappointing part of it. Mm. Have you played weddings before? What's the uh, song you like? I've, I've played one wedding before. I played a, I played a first dance for a friend uh, from college back in 2012 or 13 maybe. And it was the most nervous I've ever been in my entire <laughs> life playing in a show. Like, I, man, because like, you know, same thing. It's like you, if you play in a bar or whatever, you're, no one's no one really listening. You're, if you play a song, they know they'll sing along. That's about it. If you're playing, you know, in a theater or whatever size venue, it's like you're playing, you're having fun, but you're not really like, I don't know. Even if you mess up, everyone's still right there with you. Yeah. You know, everyone's like, whatever. You, you mumble, you mumble the words. Play a wrong note, whatever it was. You played a first song, dude. This is like a this is a memory for a lifetime. Yeah, and uh, and so that one, that song was a song by the Avid Brothers. This time, it's a song by uh, I don't remember who it's by, but it's by it's called uh, um, anybody else is what it's called. Mm. So we have that. But then what happened was, so we were supposed to play the first song. Me and a couple other buddies of ours that are going to the wedding that um that know how to play an instrument basically. And so um, after that, the, the wedding band was going to take over and play the rest. But you know, now they're not allowed to have a wedding band. So we're just, we're playing the first dance, the, the uh, father daughter dance and mm. the mother son dance. 
gets like the three it's the most important three songs. Man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. And so um, luckily, so, um, so I've been playing, I've been practicing the, the first dance for like, I don't know, a few months because I, I knew I was going to be doing that. And then yesterday I found out that we we're doing the other ones. So like <laughs> now I've got to learn this one song I've never heard before ever. It's, it's this like country song and it's got all these weird, but it's not like a straightforward country song. It's got all these like crazy melody, melodic lines and like, a couple of the a couple of lines have just way too many words in them and it's like it's oh my gosh it's giving me such trouble so that's what i'm stressing about right now yeah it's just trying to do that and, and make sure that like you know the day their day goes off without a hit because they're already stressed enough man having to like you know they sent out all these invitations and told people maybe you're not allowed to be, might not be allowed to come into the town that's the whole thing so yeah uh, it'll, it'll be cool again it'll just it'll be it'll be nice to be playing in yeah. front of people it's like i think it's less than 25 people that are be there like just the you know moms and grandmothers and, and that kind of thing but it'll be nice just to you know strap a guitar on your neck and, and, and play for anyone at all yeah. yeah i am i did a wedding back in october last year and yeah. um, they they said they sent me what they were going to do for their first dance and they were like we wanted to do um it was nothing else matters by metallica but the steven siegel's version so it was like banjoey and stuff so cool. i was like okay i'll do my version of it and i sent it to them and we were talking about it and i was like you will never offend me if you pick the CD over this because I'm fucking terrified because the pressure of that, Ooh, what you were so saying, man, like I've played some like big gigs and I've played like shows I've been nervous about. I've never been more terrified than playing a wedding. And it was, they asked for yeah. like my originals and things as well. So I knew that like they'd be happy with it and the rest yeah. of that like wedding party would be like, eh. So I was I'm, 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 I'm right there with you. I'm literally waiting. Like I'm dreading that after getting done, one of the grandmothers coming up and being like, eh, you did your best. Like, oh man. Like, <laughs> it'd be brutal. Yeah. yeah. That last one yeah. was really nice. So what? <laughs> Just when I, your best compliments always, that last one was really nice. You're like oh. the one I ended on. Thanks so much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh Lord. Yeah. We were glad when you got done. Okay. All right. Now, <laughs> Who knows? We were we were messing around trying to figure out because like all all three of the uh, the uh, the songs are, are pretty slow, so we were thinking about like trying to throw one in at the end as a surprise to like because like I don't know what the, even the rules are if they're even supposed to have anybody playing or whatever. So uh, like I, I was curious about playing more than that because we wanted to, they want to play one to like a pick, a pick me up and you know uh, a shout song that's a you know popular yeah. song. Looked into that, but it's kind of weird playing it because it's literally just a guitar and a snare drum. Mm. So that we might do um, "Hard to Handle" by the Black Crows, just something to like pick the mood up. You know what I mean? Cause it's it's going to be a pretty bizarre. Not that it won't be like the mood will be down, but like um, the energy, pick the energy up. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we'll, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I, I'll, I'm going to be nervous until we get done on the last song. Yeah. The, the, that's just how. It's and there's be. a drink in your hand, and you're looking back, being like, "We did okay." Like, yeah exactly yeah. Yeah, we, did, we, we did our best that's it yeah no one sends you the footage from after it or anything or any videos it's a memory and that's it <laughs> yeah we were playing a show down in alabama uh, about a year and a half ago and they they you know the girl had found me online somewhere and i for sure had only heard like my song south carolina which is like definitely i would say my more popular mm. song but a lot of my other stuff doesn't sound like that <laughs> And so, uh, you know, we're playing like after some golf tournament at a country club in Alabama, <laughs> very conservative atmosphere. And um, 
you know, we get down there and we, when we're playing an hour and a half, two hours, and we're just playing our normal, you know, rock, blues stuff. And we just gotten done playing hard to handle about the Black Crows, or I mean, the Black Crows version. And, um, and someone comes up to us and they're like, hey, could you play something we could dance to? And we all kind of side-eye each other being like, that was like our most dancey song we had. <laughs> so, so yeah, man, sometimes those cover sets are, uh, are, are, are tough, to, tough to fill. I, I've had some opportunities to play weddings before and I've, I've just told the people like, listen, like I can, I guarantee you, like, thank you. I, I appreciate you wanting me to be a part of your special day, but like fine, fine. We're, we're not a, like the stuff that we play isn't, you know, it's a party in the, in the atmosphere that we have, you know, in, in, in the venues that we make, but like in terms of like the, the wedding mm. setting, like that's not the stuff that we're playing. Is it your, your grandmother's going to be mad at you. Like your, your parents are like, what is this? It's going to be a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a hard one, man, because like because of the type of stuff I do, I know that I'm not everyone's cup of tea. Totally. And there's yeah. always people coming up and asking if I'll do like cover sets and things. And I've always it's kind of been partly out of spite because it's probably um, you know, sacrilege to say, but I'm just not a Beatles fan, even though I'm from around here and I can't stand them uh-huh. in any way, shape, or form. But I've, ne- <laughs> I've never learned any of the songs hate oasis so i've never learned any of their songs so, so are you more of a stones fan at all no bro okay no. like it's weird isn't it boy it's just they've never but i'm a huge kiss fan okay all right cool <laughs> rock city i hear you brother yeah but those like three bands and obviously they're massive british bands so i'm always getting yeah. asked for those and i've just never learned them and i've always been kind of like in those pub gigs yeah. doing original material for two hours totally. And I've always been, it's like, it's always the hill I'm willing to die on. But it is like, you know, you always want to try and please people and you don't want to shit on people's nights. So it's right. a really hard, like, balance to find. So I've, it's like learning songs that I enjoy that I can put. Like, I do Jolene, shit mm-hmm. like that, Rainbow in the Dark. Totally. But it's, it's a really hard balance to find because, you know, as a musician, you're also an entertainer. But you also have to try and find how you want to entertain and, Mm-hmm. your way into it it's a really weird thing especially with what like over in the uk there's like pub acts and wedding acts which are dancey feel good ABBA, all that stuff which is there's nothing wrong with it but it's not what i do and it's hard to try and reconcile as an entertainer yourself how you entertain it's a really weird totally. conversation to have absolutely oh yeah that's a very good point you know, a lot of the acts that play on the broadway here are like that you know what i mean because you know they're literally playing to to turn their money that night mm. so like they have to pander to the crowd they have to take um requests because you know in order to, to get a request played you have to request played you have to pay so mm. like that's just part of it and, and like so and from that case well, there's a guy here in town that's incredible his name's chris ferrera man like just like total stud his band is called the common good and they are they are they might be one of my favorite bands to watch mm in the city i mean they're like they're amazing and so like they're they are like what i think of when i think of like a good and there's another one uh, matt ferrani has another act and like where like where chris's is like uh i don't know how to how to, how to, how to separate the two because it, it, it really defeats the, the purpose of, of saying how good they both are but like um that's what i think of when i think of a good like entertainment act mm. you know um 
but you're right. It's like then when you play in uh, in bars, like I never, I didn't grow up learning or, or listening to country, and so now being in Nashville, people ask me these country songs. I'm like, I don't know. Like unless it's like a 12 bar blues ripoff or something like that, like like I probably don't really know how to play it. Mm. And uh, I remember one time I was in uh, Statesboro, Georgia, and I was opening up for a band. This was like 10 years ago, and uh, and man, this crowd was just giving me hell for it too because like all they wanted to hear was 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 some country music and i knew none i knew like uh one elvis song <laughs> and uh that's how i played that one and then after that man they were just giving me hell for the next 45 minutes of my set just going in i remember thinking man like that's that's just part of it you're right it's like it's like you what you're an entertainer you're a musician at some point you have to kind of say what you want to what you want to um um portray yourself as on the stage or not it's cool as well with the, the same guys i was talking about for the brought from broadway like they have their own um uh artists acts as well hmm. and so and so they kind of had that separation between the two where like they can go up and they can play you know um and they'll cover taylor swift and jonas brothers and one direction and all i think because in the bars people are going to love that but they also have their at they're like their original music on the side when they play that that's what they play. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm always uh, you know here dude here a four hour set no breaks is the normal fuck and so um, I have nothing but the ultimate respect yeah. for all those dudes that do that because some of those guys will go and they'll do triples they'll go to one bar and play from you know from ten to two and then they'll go to another place and play from two to six and go to another place and play from six to ten it's like mind-blowing dude and uh, and so i it's 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 cool to watch bands like that. and that's what they, another thing is like when i get asked to play weddings i'm like you don't want me you want someone you want someone like yeah. that you know <laughs> someone that's gonna get up there and they're gonna you know they have a horn section and they've got keys and got everything and everything soon they, they do dance moves and it's all choreographed and it's so well put together um but it's it's you know it's it's also fun to like i mean we were over uh over there man we played um an hour and a half in Maybe a little more in Ireland. We played uh, an hour and a half in Preston. We played another, I think, two longer sets. One in Germany and one in Italy. And so, like, dude, it was so much fun. But same deal. It was like rock and blues. Mm. That's, that's like pretty much the, the 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 entirety of it. But everyone was digging. Everyone was so energetic about it, and it was so refreshing to be able to do that and have everyone like in it the entire time. It was that was really cool. Mm. And like with like the UK and like European, so how did the first one come about? Because you the first one was last year, wasn't it? In yeah, last September. Yeah, last September. So how did you go about booking that? Do you have anyone, or do you just kind of book the dates yourself? Man, I was I was sending out emails for like two years trying to get a yes, just one yes, and so finally I got one, and it was like once I had the one, yeah, you know, it's like. I'm, Cause I'm sending out from, I have a, a business email account, but it's still, you know, there's a, there's a professionalism that comes with like yeah. not having to like directly reach out to a, um, to a, a venue or whatever. So what I was doing is I was literally, I was looking at um, bands of my friends that have played over there that are, they're on this somewhere in the same scale of, uh, of uh, somewhere in the same area of the career that I am. Yeah. So, uh, I would look at those venues and I'd write them all down. I had to spread to do this. The spreadsheet is like, it's insane. It's all over the place anywhere. I mean, <laughs> as far reaching as like Eastern, Eastern Europe, I don't even know. Like, so, so bizarre. And I was sending, I was sending out 
emails everywhere. I didn't care. Like, I'll, I'll get there if they say yes. So finally, I think the first one that confirmed was, it might have been Preston, actually. It might have been in uh, Ships and Giggles up there. Hmm. So, um, so I had the one. And once I had the, the one, I could add that to the, the email saying, we have a you know, confirmed yeah. date here and we're booking around it. And I think that kind of kept got the ball, roll, ball rolling. Um, and so from there, again, it was just more emails, more emails. And it was so refreshing is that everyone over there was so timely with their responses. <laughs> Dude, over here, it's like you'll send an email and a week and a half later, you get an email back. It says, uh, let me check. <laughs> and it's just like, oh my gosh, so fresh. Booking is like one of the, is like my least favorite, but also one of the more rewarding parts of, of being an independent artist and yeah. doing it all yourself. Cause again, like, you know, you'll wait a week and a half. You're trying to get everything like logistically done. And then a week and a half later, you have a maybe. Mm. Then like, like, okay, do I follow up with this? How long do I wait to follow up? Like kind of thing. It's so bizarre. Over there, dude, I was, I would get an email back the next day. And it was always either yes or no. But even if it's a no, it's like, okay, at least I know I can yeah. move on to the next venue in that town if that, if that one's crossed off the list. Um, and so it all came together in a matter of like, two two three months maybe um last spring I have, I have a friend that um that manages a band that goes over there a good bit and so i i used him just throughout the entire process just just you know asking him all the kind of questions that i possibly could be like you know what would you recommend with this what would you recommend with that you know how would you recommend getting from here to there and uh you know, he, he had great great advice on um on terms of like like merchandising and stuff like that, rather than shipping the merchandise over there, get it made over there. So it's already there when you get there. It's like, God, I would never thought of that. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of how the ball got rolling. And then it ended up being five shows, I think, uh, in, in two weeks, it was going to be six. We had, a, we had a, a final show in Spain that we ended up canceling, uh, because the, um, the, we got picked up to open up for Leonard Skinner here in the States. It got moved. Those the, we were supposed to play two shows with him in August. It got moved to the end of September. And uh, I didn't want to like, we were, we were literally had to go. We were flown like from Spain on Monday, gotten back around Tuesday, early Wednesday morning. And then a day later gotten in the, in the van to drive out to Arizona. And I was like, ah, man, that's going to be like, be jet lagged and sure enough dude i was i was jet lagged for i mean jet lagged slash hungover we had a lot of fun over there uh for a, a while I man it took me it took me a few days to get back to where i was like set so i was glad that we kind of took that time off just to get back into the in the groove um but uh and this the, i mean this this the past one in april i think i was only gonna do england mm. um and so you know a lot of the um i was expecting it but a lot of the uh the extra cost comes from just being over there and stuff that you don't expect, especially on, on a first tour like that. When you've never been in a, in a country on a continent that all, everything's fresh and new, you know, just flying four guys and their gear, even if it's, you know, on, we were doing easy jet, man. And so we were just the cheapest of the cheapest, whatever I could get doing that Orion air, you know, there was like 20 bucks for a, a ticket, but then you add the luggage and all yeah. that stuff like that, and it all adds up, man. So, um, that this past time I wanted to do England and we were going to just do trains the entire time. Uh, and so we do that. And then also drive a couple places because the, the band that I was going to be using this time were so nice and so generous. And they're like, man, we can just drive and we'll like cut down on train costs too. Perfect. Yeah. So 
So like, I was really looking forward to it just because I wasn't going to have to worry about checking in for flights and getting everyone there itineraries and stuff like that. So it's such a bummer that it got, got pushed back, but we'll see what the next one is. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'd love to come back over there the next time and, and do not only just the UK, but also, um, you know, hit up Berlin was amazing last time. That was, we had so much fun there and Italy was incredible. It, Italy was the one place where we like had the most language barrier, mm. the biggest language barrier, which was funny. Cause like in Germany it was fine. But like Italy, it took us until we were all drunk to like actually be able to communicate because I guess then you're talking with your hands as much. And all. Like it, was, it was nuts. Uh, yeah, man, man, we had we had so much. It really was. It was like, and the guy who helped me out that was helping me um, with advice was just like, telling me, man, like, you're always gonna remember your first tour up there. He's like, make sure you enjoy it as much as you can because the first one's always gonna be the most memorable. And he wasn't wrong, man. It was like, it was definitely something that everything we saw from the time you know, just even like walking around London. We were in London the longest and, and going around there and seeing you know big ben seeing parliament and, and all that yeah. stuff it was it was really really cool that's so good man like what like how you book everything i think is the smallest way to do it where you just like research people at the same level or just around yeah. about that's exactly what i've done with my tours but going on from you booked the tour how like not how did you get the linda skinner gig but how did the opportunity arise and what happened so, there? because it's, um, it's fucking linda skinner yeah, dude. Uh, right place, right time. I got lucky with a connection. Um, I uh, so a bar that I used to work at. Um, one of my regulars that came in, I got to know, and then I run into him at you know workout classes and stuff like that, and and did, had no idea what he did. Um, knew he, he drove a really nice car. That's about it. And uh, and so just you know would always see him around and got got known really well. Um, turns out that he runs a very big management company here in Nashville. Hmm. And so, uh, you know, I don't see him for a couple years, randomly run into him and, um, start talking. And he's, you know, I, I had gone in and talked with them before, uh, before that two year gap, just about, you know, asking advice and, and kind of picking his brain a little bit on what he saw in terms of what was, beneficial for where I was in my, in my career and whatever. whatever. So don't, don't say for two years, randomly run into him, talk to him for a little bit. And he's like, yeah, let's, let's get together again. Let's like, you know, show me some of your new stuff, what you've been working on. And so I bring, go in and I show him stuff. And, um, and he was nice enough to, to, you know, he, it's funny. He was like, you know, they, they manage a ton of people. And so mm-hmm. he asked me, he's like, you know, you know, I could probably get you on an opening gig. And I'm thinking, you know, he's going to put me on a, you know, some like, one of one, some band that he just signed and like, you know, opening in, in a, in a dive bar somewhere, which I would have been, I'd been just as happy with that. But yeah, like, thank whatever you can put me on. Thanks. And uh, all of a sudden he's like, I think I have a first to three with Skinner. If you're interested in that. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm thinking, I think he, I thought he was fucking with me initially. I was like, dude, yeah, what a sure. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, turned out, it turned out he was not. And so it, it, it man, it was, you know, it it by itself was just as much of an endeavor almost as the Europe thing. Really? Because like, this was all happening around the same time. The, t- the time that I'm booking the Europe thing is the time that I'm talking with him about this happening. And, you know, and I'm, I'm literally the type of person that like, I don't believe it's going to happen until I'm stepping on the stage. Mm-hmm. Type of like, like, well, something's going to mess up. Something's going to get canceled. Something, something's going to go wrong to where like, it's not going to happen. So sure enough, like the, 
initially the initial dates were in August and, uh, and one of the, uh, like original members, one of the guitarists, uh, had to have heart surgery in August. So the dates get moved. So, uh, so then I'm thinking, Oh, here we go. It's like, it's like, that's going to happen. It's going to be right in the middle of when I'm in Europe and I'm not gonna be able to play it. And it's gonna be such a bummer. Well, it ends up coming. It's the weekend after we get back. So I'm like, perfect. So that's all thing. So then like a, the day we're supposed to leave the van that we had booked from, so this is September, end of September, the van that we had booked since early May had gotten somehow mixed up and given to the wrong person. And, and so I'm literally like texting the guy being like, Hey man, I'm like, I'm on the way to pick it up to where we've been talking about all week, me picking it up. And he's like, I thought we were talking about next week. Like I had it written down for you for next week. It's already, it's in Alabama right now. Oh. I'm like, oh, dude, I gotta get like, I gotta get how many guys was it? I get seven guys, 17 hours across the country <laughs> for the biggest show I've ever played in my lifetime. Uh, and we all leave in five hours. Like, what, what, how are we going to do this? And to, to the dude's credit, he completely, he, he helped me out every possible way he could to make sure that I, I got what I needed. Uh, we got a new different van and, and, and trailer and stuff like that. But it was just more, more of the same, just like something's got to go wrong. So mm-hmm. by the time we finally got there, it was such a fight. that I've been like, oh man, we, we fought for this one, dude. And it was, it was a really cool, really cool experience. And then after that, everything went off with the hitch. And, uh, and or without a hitch, uh, and yeah, it was it was a really special. My dad got to come out for it, and mm. so like he got to stand side stage and you know chum it up with all these dudes that he had seen when he was in college yeah. and stuff like that. So that was that was pretty cool. That's so cool, man. Like with like it's you know it's Leonard Skinner. Like with those shows, did you see like did it like was there a tangible increase in like social media or like merch and did- oh yeah definitely definitely uh merch not so much we definitely sold more more merch in europe than i've ever sold in any really? show in the states including the standard one yeah man mm. like uh merch i think we sold like six shirts in the skinner <laughs> like it was not a lot um but like social media for sure I mean, you, you, and not even just like the numbers, you'd see the interactions as well, which is really cool. That's the genuine stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? Like a lot of, there's a lot of times someone will follow you and two days they don't follow you just because you, know, you haven't posted or, you know, you posted a picture of, a, of, of some food they didn't like or something. <laughs> so, uh, but it was, you know, it was people that were, that were interacting and were you know messaging me or, or commenting saying, you know, Hey, we were at the show. We really enjoyed it. Um, that sort of thing. That's bad. That, that's really cool to see. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's it. You know, now it's a bummer because you know their their spring tour got canceled. Yeah, and so uh, now it, it's a, with, with bands like that, man. It, it's it's scary. Not uh, scary is is a bold word to use, but like it's like bands like like you know Motley Crue was supposed to have their tour this past summer. Mm-hmm. Haven't toured in six years, and they were supposed to have their first tour back. Uh, the Stones. I was supposed to see Motley Crue three times. I was supposed to see Rolling Stones twice. Uh, that's it's like these bands, dude. Like it's weird to say, but like they're all getting older. You yeah. know what I mean? And like, they, who knows at what point they're finally just gonna be like, you know what? Like, it's nice making this money, but also, I I I have been on the rock and roll lifestyle for six decades. Yeah. I, I'm ready to just chill out. And that's that's like the scary part for me is like, man, these these bands are getting to the end of their runs. Mm. Uh, 
uh, like I never got to see um, uh, Greg Allman toward the end of his end of his you know incredible career. And that's always been a bummer. Um, and there, there, there's a few other like John Prine just passed away. I didn't yeah. I never, I never got to see him. That was that was such a bummer. Um, uh, I'm glad Guns and Ro- Guns N' Roses is another one though. It's like I'm glad they're back, but who knows at what point you know they decided to call it quits. And so with, with, with Skinner, man, it's like every time this kind of happens. Obviously, you're, you're never really sure when you know you're and you're hoping that it's not an if thing. It's a, it's a win thing, but like. Mm. Um, Hopefully they they get back on the road as soon as they can in, in 2021. Yeah, man, it sucks. Like for um last month I had tickets kiss were meant to be playing Donington. And it was their last UK date. Yeah. It was meant to be the last one end of the road tour. Obviously that's fell through. So it's like, are they gonna get rebooked for next year? Yeah. And it's uh, where you don't know. And like the thing I'm really hoping for was it's meant to be like a five year run kiss are doing. And I've like my dad brought me up on them and I've just got like a little nephew who's four next month so i'm hoping if he's five next year he might be old enough to come if kiss rebook and then we can yeah, get like cool. the three generations of us with me brother-in-law but that'd it is awesome. a it is like a with these type of legacy bands it is a are they going to be playing again because i i had tickets to see judas priest i had tickets to see ozzy osbourne and he got cancelled he was meant to play last year and uh-huh. it got rescheduled or it might have been even i think it might have been 2018 he was meant to play then he had an injury, got rescheduled, and it's been just getting pushed back and pushed back to yeah. the point where I really i am convinced I'm not going to get to see Ozzy again. But I've luckily I've seen him before, bummer, but it is – I don't yeah. know if he's going to, like, play again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it, – it, it, it's, it's terrifying. Like, so, I, so Kiss came through here – actually, I've got the poster on the wall. Let's see. I don't say a date. It just says this city. It was like – it was probably – a year and a half ago, I want to say it was like last spring. That was my first time. I'd never seen them before. Mm. But it was like one of those things that enough of those, like, like you say, the legacy bands, like enough of them had come through that I had missed. Like yeah. last time, I remember I I had just gotten done reading uh, The Heroin Diaries by Nikki Sticks mm. for the second time. And the night I got done reading it, I remember like putting the book down and opening up uh, Instagram or Facebook or whatever. And people were at the the Motley Crue show in Nashville, and I had no idea they were even playing that night. I was so mad at myself. That happened with, with Guns N' Roses last time they played here. It's like all these people that I had no, I just didn't know. Mm. So I made a point. I was like, okay, you know what? I'm not gonna let that happen anymore. I've like gotten back on like like staying like up on who's playing and who's coming and stuff like that. So like like so I saw Kiss when last time they came through. Um, Iron Maiden last time they came through. Paul Simon, Elton John. Um, that, and so that's something that like, again, just because you never know yeah. when, like, I, 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 didn't, I didn't get to see Tom Petty last time he played, and that kills me. Like, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, something you always, that, that, that sound is something like you said, that we grew up listening. When you, when you go see someone that you grew up listening to, Paul Simon was one that like, I had shows the entire time. Mm. Dude, we were, you know, it was in the arena here. We were on the, the top row, the second to top row. We were nowhere close to the stage, but man, listening to him play those songs that you yeah. literally have heard since you were since you can remember hearing, mm. like that's that's a really cool experience to have. And so that's that's something that I'm hoping that that this year, you know, maybe maybe is even for the better. Maybe they, you know, they're not as run down. They had a year to real to yeah. like kind of like take a breath and, and and not be completely burned out of the whole thing. 
yeah that, that could be a, a silver lining that um that you know hopefully happens yeah because like the john prine thing like not only does it fucking suck that john prine isn't with us anymore but he played manchester the other year which is like an hour away from me and i was like eh. it was like a bit expensive but i was like i'll wait then he booked and yeah. i was like oh sick he's playing again it got canceled yeah. because of his health and then he went back to the states and then oh. obviously and it's yeah. one of those things where you like no. it's just like i should have just paid the fucking 40 quid the year yeah. going gone but and i think that if there's anything that like this year does is it's the wake up call for how fragile not only is the live scene but these artists because it's even like i remember like event sevenfold i saw them just before the rev died and he was yeah 30 and i remember uh-huh. seeing slipknot just before paul gray died and it's again it's like even just these bands that you love they even the young ones aren't like immortal and it's a really weird thing to think about and like so always like pick up a ticket when you can really that's a very good perspective to have man that's and then especially that on the, on the young bands man that's that's so true I mean, these guys you know these guys have been on the road for a long time and a lot of them have substance issues a lot of them yeah. a lot of them just have failing health because they're being pushed to the limit of playing as many shows as possible to try and make money to pay the label back that sort of thing it's like mm-hmm. That, and so you never know, like the, the lineup that's coming to you, even if you're saying, oh, well, I can't go this time, I gotta, I gotta work, or I'll see you next time, we'll be touring again the next year. It's like, that, same, that lineup might not be there. Yeah. You know, it might be a different drummer, it might be a different bassist, but like they, the, the, the feel isn't gonna be the same. Mm. And so that's a very, very cool, I, 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 I didn't, hadn't thought about that, that, uh, that angle. Yeah, it's a weird one, man. And especially yes. like, it's um, still, Every year, Motorhead toured the winter. They always toured like an October to November tour mm-hmm. in the UK. And Lemmy, I think he died four years ago now. And uh, yeah. Yeah. I still kind of like when the, like, the fest, like the festival season's over and they announce the winter gigs, I'm always still kind of expecting like the winter dates of like Motorhead because you could yeah. really set your watch to it. And it's such yeah. like a weird thing when these like big bands go, there's just a vacuum for them. And it's such like a... Sh- sad and yeah, like the power of man. music really yeah 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 you're you're right also about the um the how everything the, the fragile state of it man it, like hopefully not even just the, the the big bands man i'm hoping that like when we come back from this people want to go because like in, in, so in a city like nashville there's live music everywhere all the time and, then, and there's cities like this all over the world where there's there's so much to do every night of the week so much to see and it's going to be pretty world-class entertainment mm. but like you kind of you kind of get you kind of get used to it you know what yeah. i mean it's like and that, that's something that i i'm hoping personally to, to not forget after all this is done like like you know not necessarily going out every night it's expensive but like being able to take advantage of, of, of the fact that you know on a random monday or tuesday there's gonna be some incredible act playing yeah they might not ever play again even if it's like a band that's that's on the way up maybe you, you might see them see them in a venue with 20 people when the next time they play the show this town they're playing at the rhyme and sold out to mm. 2500 that sort of thing so um, uh that's that's kind of one a, a, a part of the perspective that i'm i'm hoping to get out of this just because like that's a uh you know coming from someone that wants to be on the other side of it yeah it's like that's something that i'm hoping other people are thinking as well like they want to go out and they want to enjoy seeing live music or seeing live arts whether it's you know dance or you know anything um mm. that's uh that's a that's a big part of, of just getting back to normal is, is, is being able to like 
just just go out and 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 be entertained by someone who's good at entertaining yeah because that's even that's basically what's happened with me and you because you played last year in september and i think i had a gig or there was something booked so i couldn't come see you and then it was april and i think it was meant to be i was doing a show the day you were doing a show so again it's like yeah, missing out yeah, on you yeah. and then you were saying you might be back september and i'm like when the fuck am i gonna get to see true dixon play <laughs> and it's well, dude, now the place we're supposed to play in liverpool shut down yeah yeah they've turned into a completely just a record store now because of how business is but yeah. um, again yeah, i think that's that's such a bummer it's like yeah. think about how many cool ass venues like i was so excited to play there. so there's a venue here in town that's one of my favorites to play it's called the basement and it was literally mm-hmm. the yeah. basement of a record store and so it's like, it's like, dude, you know, how many venues like that aren't going to be able to recover from all this shutdown because they've got to turn their, you know, they've got to turn their inventory into what they're not inventory, they've got to turn their, their income stream into what their inventory is. Yeah. It's, it's nuts. Yeah. That's the thing, because I've been looking at trying to book tours and stuff for next year, but it's you, at the moment, you don't even know what venues are going to be standing at the end. Yeah. So it's, it's such a weird, like, limbo to be in right now. Mm-hmm. totally man totally like the, 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 the europe stuff for september is like i mean i'm 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 betting that it's i, like, I can't imagine that it's gonna happen you know what i mean mm-hmm. just like from judging about how everything is is being like pushed back or forward and just the ebb and flow of it all and like and, and yeah especially in the states man like like so my buddies that did that that uh chattanooga show i don't even know i think they happened to jump on a bill with someone else who already had the show or something like that. But it's like, like I can't imagine emailing someone right now and being like, Hey, when are you guys going to start booking again? Yeah. If we, I wish we knew, you yeah. know, that's sort the of thing. Yeah. It's I, like the last email they need right now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Man. It's like, like, I, like, God, I, so I, and I'm, you know, I still bartend here. And, and so I see it, you know, in the, in our bar, the, the bartend is like, you know, we've got these, um, uh, I don't know, we have these, these two different stage setups, sort of trying to figure out how to describe it. So one's like a full band setup, and one's mm-hmm. one made for like an acoustic effect. Um, but like, even still, I, I mean, I have no idea when to say we might be able to like put a full band back. Yeah. And even then, it's like if we do have a full band, are we going to let allow people to stand around, you know, be seated, that whole thing? And it's, it's, it's frustrating, but at the same time, it's like, you can't let it frustrate you too much because you can't change it. You yeah, know it's, I mean? it's, it's an inevitability. Thing. Yeah, exactly. Like exactly, and you only drive yourself mad trying to like trying to focus on it too much. Yeah, I remember I, ages ago I was like getting like I you know like just the worries of the world and you just stress out about like anything that could happen and I just had like a breakthrough of if I can't directly affect it I shouldn't worry about it and it takes a minute because even this morning we got locked out of our house oh no yeah and the key was still in the door and it's a composite door so it locks that, like straight away behind you so the door shut i looked at my girlfriend and she i was like where are the keys she was like in the house it's like fuck and i was like so angry for like 30 seconds but then i was like there's nothing i can do about it right now so i just had to like phone a locksmith to come get it and yeah. it's one of those things where you do just have to kind of take a breath and be like what can I change right now? And it's a, such a free and yeah. mental attitude to try and like maintain, but it's so hard to do. 
Oh, absolutely, man. It, I mean, it definitely, it takes practice doing mm -hmm. and like, it, you know, I'm, I'm not a naturally stressed person, but like, you know, it, it, in this, in, it's a stressful time regardless mm -hmm. of, the, of, of yeah. your personality right now, you know, cause there's so much uncertainty and there's so much, um, I don't know, just like overall chaos and mm -hmm. from like in any, whether it's, whether it's politics, whether it's civil rights, whether it's, um, you know, just the shutdown itself. Like, there's so much. There's so much going on. There's so much that you can be stressed about. Um, and like, you know, the things that you can change, then focus on that. Yeah. The, the things, that, the things that are that are that are that are grand and and uh, you know, like like this sh shutdown and and um, and the pandemic, man. It's like that's something you sort of kind of have to roll with the punches. In. Yeah. And like it's just like. We, the, what what we love, what you and I love doing, is is being on stage playing music, and mm -hmm. and, if, and if that's like um and if that's a, a, a trivial part in terms of the comeback, then you know you kind of have to accept that. Yeah. You, you 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 know, I didn't write a lot during the, the shutdown. You know, I probably wrote a handful of times, handful of songs, but in the very beginning, when the stuff I was writing wasn't very inspired. It wasn't very it wasn't very good, mm -hmm. and so I I kind of I didn't for a while. I just kind of I was put it aside because every time I would sit down and try to. There was nothing genuine there that I wanted to, to write about, mm. and um, and so so then finally, man, like once stuff started opening back up, and I started, you know, getting back behind the bar, being able to serve people and, and interact with people, not just you know through a computer screen, then the writing came back. Yeah, then it was just like I'm actually having, I'm actually living, not just you know living via Netflix, that sort yeah. of thing, you know. Um, and so that's that's been a cool thing to to see. And that, 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 gives me encouragement knowing that, you know, this isn't the forever thing. As much as it sucks right now, it's a bummer. It is, but there's no denying that. It's like, there's, there's still, the stuff is going to come back around and you know, you'll, you'll get back to doing what it was, hopefully doing what it was what you were doing before, whether it's on, a, on the same scale or not, remains to be seen, but like, you're still going to be able to come back and we've got a, um, um, four songs that we recorded right before the shutdown, man. Mm. And like, all we had to do was get background vocals on it. <laughs> And then the shutdown happened. Fuck. And it was like, oh man, just like we were right there. We were so close. <laughs> but again, it's like you can you can choose to look at it like, you know, why is this happening to me? Why is I was almost almost had all this content? Or you can look at it like, okay, well I'm excited because I can focus on that throughout this entire time and make sure mm -hmm. when the you know stuff starts opening back up. One, we get right back in the studio. Two, we start working on album artwork. Three, we start working on marketing. Like, how are we going to roll this out in this new platform where everyone's at home? That sort of yeah. thing. So, that's that's been one thing that's kept me creatively. I don't want to say satisfied, but creative like has been at least helping me stay focused on on, on something creative because yeah. I, I I can that and 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 still develop them develop more i guess mm. yeah that's the best thing man i think that's the best like mentality to have like i'm so lucky that like i can't like i really got lucky with this podcast because i started it i started recording late february when we were kind like even on the first podcast with the crap sons and this punk band we were kind of talking about the coronavirus and what was happening in other countries and then the first episode I released was with Sean James and that was the last gig he's ever played, like he's played so far. And that was the last yeah. gig I ever went to. And Ooh. then I, I had like enough of a back catalog of these to edit and put out and focus on this that it's been really like a great yeah. little distraction to do. And then I've got an album release. So tomorrow That's I have exciting. a single coming out and I, in August I have the full album coming out. 
So it's been nice to have that, but I've not really touched my guitar and I've not written a new song in. Yeah. But yeah. it's nice to have these other creative endeavors to like mess around with and doing things. Whatever it takes, man. Like, dude, I was doing like scratch boarding, which you know what that is? Which? Scratch boarding. It's like, uh, I don't know how to explain I don't know what this stuff is. Like, you know, I do, I, my Amazon account, which is blowing up constantly with random shit that I don't want to do, keep my mind busy. So it's like, you know, it's a piece of paper that has like a black uh, wax on it and the mm. background's white. And you just scratch off the things. Like, come here, hang on. Yeah, so I basically just find uh, image, like black and white images online mm. and turn them off and then copy them basically with like to scratch them off. So like like this. Sick. Yeah, so like the black is, is already on there and you take it, it comes with a little pick and you just scratch mm. it off so it's white underneath. So I that one, that one, and then this one I'm giving to a friend. Nice, that's so cool. So I got into that for like a week and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just doing that, you know, and, and that was my creative creative endeavor for however long, just to like, I don't know, to, to satisfy my need to, to create. Mm. Um, but then, yeah, in the past, like two weeks, I've written two songs, both of which I like. And it's like, it's so nice to like mm. get back to that. And uh, I, had, I, had a, I had a guitar come in right at the beginning of the breakdown, uh, the breakdown, the shutdown um, that I had ordered like two months before, but I thought mm. I was like back ordered. So that was nice too. I just had something that I could, you know, sit there and just mess around with. And, uh, that was, that was, I don't know, something at least, cause I, I same deal. I was, I had gotten so, I didn't want to, I didn't want to sit down and play guitar. I didn't yeah. want to just, just, you know, for a couple hours every day, you know, just go through the same old motions. And then that came in and kind of inspired me to, you know, get up and write some new riffs and stuff like that. And so that one of those riffs that I wrote back in like the end, like the very end of March, end up going into the song that we wrote two weeks ago. Mm. And so it's like, it's nice to see some of the things kind of come back yeah. around. And and, and, yeah. and what's like your process with writing songs? So is it like riff orientated and then you have like lyric clippings or an idea for words or is it you take it to the band and build like it's, a full song? It changes. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, the recipe I feel like is always kind of different. So mm. like, um, like Madam D's, we had the riff first. So mm. we had that bluesy, uh, um, swampy riff. And and then like a week and a half later, I had this crazy dream. And I woke up and wrote down as much as I could remember. And so I hit my buddy up and I was like, dude, I've got a riff, got an idea. We got to write a song. And we knocked it out in like under two hours. And so that was that was a very easy one. And then like uh, um, Whiskey and Wine, I'd had that idea for a long time uh, mm. and then brought it up in a songwriting thing and, and we kind of started fleshing out the the notes to that. And so um, it, it changes every time, man. It's, it's, and I, I enjoy it like that. I, you know, yep. like having a recipe uh, or one recipe that you follow every time works for some people. You know what I mean? Like, like how do you, how do you go about it usually? Like, I, I think it is different because it's sometimes it's even like, I'll think of something just as like a couplet or a, two line phrase that i think is like it has like my perspective on it and i'll just write that down and i'll leave it somewhere and then if i'm just like noodling on a guitar and it might pop into my head then it'll remind me sometimes it's i'll just have like a chord structure and a riff 
and I'll just keep playing that and think what that kind of brings out of me in terms of lyrical content and stuff. But really? I think it's the same thing. I think it's like there's no set recipe or idea to it. It's just kind of what you pull out at that time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's, that's a fun way for me. That's a fun way to write just because like the stuff that, that uh, resonates with me is stuff that like, makes me visualize stuff it makes me kind of feel whatever the, the person's singing and so creating like that is kind of this, the same way mm-hmm. it's like like, like we were saying like you have like a chord structure it's like what is that chord structure making you feel and yeah that's what you're writing that's what and that's a cool way to, to, to and you know sometimes you get stuck halfway through and you like lose you because you're trying to stay in that space as long as you can then you like lose it you're like oh no <laughs> you go write one line that just doesn't fit and you're just like oh man i lost it i was there and i lost it yeah. uh you gotta wait and see whenever you can get back into it um but uh yeah it's like it's, it's funny like co-writing it's a funny thing to it's something you have to get comfortable with in terms yeah. of like being comfortable enough in the room to sound like an idiot to say hey what if we said this because either that's gonna be a good great idea or it's gonna be real dumb mm. but either way you have to be comfortable enough to, to at least get it out and say it and and and, and able to create um with someone else i uh i try to think like like the um the, the song we wrote two weeks ago uh, we were writing lyrics so a buddy of ours just got a, a job at a new studio and he wanted some um, practice in the new room and on the new board and so he got some of his buddies to come in and jam, essentially. So we got together and wrote this song uh, beforehand. And I mean, dude, it was like literally kind of like Madame D's. It's like I had this riff, I had this idea, I put down a couple lyrics. Um, and the lyrics I wrote down were like, dude, it was literally a matter of like five minutes. And I was just mm-hmm. like typing them out on my phone, playing the riff. And then we got in there, fleshed the rest of it out. We're like, oh, that sounds really cool. And it's not, it's nothing like, it's nothing it's not a deep song. It's not super significant. You know, there's not a lot of like, it's, it's not, there's no underlying tone political mm-hmm. or anything. Like it's, it's, it's not Bob Dylan. You know, it's like, it's very much on the surface. It's a fun rock and roll song. And that sometimes those are a lot. Cause like, dude, it, does it rhyme? Does it sound cool? Yeah. Move on. You yeah. know, that sort of thing. But then, uh, and otherwise it's like, dude, I've, I've been in a room for five hours. I wrote, so a song actually just came out um, last Friday for a, uh, uh, this organization called Creative Vets, and we do we were in this room for five hours with this veteran, and he's telling us the story of, about you know his life and his experience overseas, and we're writing a song about it, and then we're going in, and it's like you know you're you're kind of you're going pretty deep and it's pretty heavy, but it's it's you know we were literally in there for five six hours, and it was just as rewarding walking out of there just because you're just like man like that was so cool that being able to like to turn an experience that he had like that into a, something kind of more uplifting. Mm. Uh, so it's like n- nothing, none of the, neither of those th- uh, creative processes uh, is like, is like how it should be done. It's just yeah. that's sometimes how we do it, you know, which is cool. Yeah. That's such an interesting thing. There's no always set formula, but with like co-writes, cause I've, the only person I ever really wrote with was my brother-in-law when we were in a band back in the day. But then even then I was still like, I did all the lyrics with co-writes, is it like how many people do you write with sometimes? Like what? Depends, man. Uh, it took me a while to start co-writing in Nashville. That was a, that was definitely an idea that was pretty foreign to me. I uh, had always written by myself, hmm. and up until I'd been in Nashville for a couple of years, <clears throat> uh, 
did I finally start? And, and the reason I did, I think one of the first, one of the first co-writes was actually whiskey and wine. Uh, it, was, it was a friend of a friend and he was, he was, you know, starting to get into the artist side of, of, of music. And so we were, we were like, Hey man, let's, you know, let's sit down and, and just start jamming and see what happens. So I brought a couple ideas. He had a couple ideas and that particular right whiskey and wine was just the two of us um but i want to say the first co-write i ever did was through was three people it was that it was that same guy myself and a guy who um whose, whose studio we were in basically mm. at the time so he was able to like kind of put a track behind what we were doing um you know i i think the, the most i've ever written with i want to say like it was five total and that that literally that came about because like it was supposed to be supposed to be three of us now yeah, it's supposed to be three of us, and we were sitting, we were sitting around drinking at a bar, about to go up and write. And we were like, well, let's give these other guys a call too. So they came over. And it was just a, a fun whatever song, um, and so, but you know, a lot of time, two or three is usually kind of like the way to go. Yeah. If you have too many people in there, and there's too many ideas, and it's like too many ways that can, the thing can be pulled. Um, Two's great because you're bouncing ideas off of each other, especially something that you've written with before and you've gotten comfortable with. Mm. Um, you can kind of start to like guess where they're going and kind of feel where, what they're wanting from the song. Three's great too because you have one extra mind in there. Like if, you, if you're both stuck on this one line, mm. there's a third voice saying, yeah. what would be this? And you're like, ah, there we go. Um, so that, that's fun, man. And it's like, you know, with, with, this, with, the, with the shutdown, I did a couple of like FaceTime rights. Mm. Those were miserable. Because like like the, the song, I think the two songs we got out of them were cool songs, but like the the lag, you know, yeah. part of like like in a room with someone, strum a song, and you know, you're trying to play along because you're trying to like, you know, you're running the song down, and you're playing along with them, trying to see what's what words work, what ideas work, but like when it's like all laggy and you can't yeah. really match up, and you're trying to read along and, and sing along, it, it was very confusing. Uh, so I gave up on that. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm sure this is my train of thought. Oh, so and so now, like the you know production is coming to so much of like um, uh, or tracks coming to a lot of like uh, country music. There's so many track people here in town. They're basically just you know these dudes have these incredible home studios uh, that like oh. you can sit there and write with them, and it's a fun way to create too because like tar or a guitar and a keyboard maybe to write a song man if you get in with a guy who lives with his way around the you know pro tools or logic or whatever and this guy has a track built up and that alone makes your mind yeah. think in so many different ways mm. when you already have like a song behind it and like like you've got bass and drums and guitars and all stuff and then you're thinking of what lyrics can go off of that it's like writing with a, a full band yeah um pretty cool but um it's that's the thing because i've like with not just like being in the uk but the only real songwriting experience i have is like on my own there was some in high school and university and stuff but there's kind of i don't know if it's the uk scene itself but there's not a lot of collaboration in terms of writing and things yeah. so i don't know like the song songwriters retreats it's more like to the words the folk style but i've uh -huh. always been intrigued in how like a, like a songwriter's like workshop or like when people meet up and write things, it's always such an interesting thing to see people pull apart and approach it kind of methodically because, you know, being a songwriter is a job. 
but then how they do it is a different level i think to that that's like you go into a room and then that's the goal of the day that's such a strange totally yeah, yeah you're right man and it's one of those things like how you how do you keep that you know it's like they say with anybody that you know loves something and does it as a job it's like mm. the toughest part is keeping that love for it and so when you're when you're you know like these guys that are signed up to, to publishing publishing houses and stuff like that um uh you know you got to turn in a certain number of songs every year mm. and it's like you know are you turning in that many songs because they were good songs? Are you turning them in because that's how many you had? Yeah. You know, and that sort of thing. Um, and so that, that kind of, you know, can throw a, a, bit, a bit of a, a dark veil over, over it. But like the guys that, that do it very successfully, a lot of them are, are, are incredible songwriters. It's yeah. just like just the fact that like some of the ones that, that they get cut, the ones, some of the ones that make the most money probably weren't the ones that they were the most proud of when they left the room that day. It just yeah. happened to be the most catchy or the right timing for it. Um, you know, guys like uh, uh, Shane McAnally, who's got like, I don't know, a billion number ones. Like he's got so many incredible, incredible songwriter, you know? And it's like, I, I would always, I, I, or like, um, I think it's Ashley Gorley. Uh, these guys basically just have cut after cut, smash after smash. I'd be interested to like to know which ones like day of that they wrote that song, which ones they were like, that's a, that's a pretty cool one. Or which ones they were like, well, I hope this one gets cut. And then just, it comes to number one, you know, that kind of thing. Mm. That, that, that's always interesting to me. It, yeah. And, and same deal. Say it's like, are those dudes creatures of habit that when they get in they have a certain formula that they like to follow or it's like, you know, the, the, the words come first sometimes and, and the music comes first to others. Yeah. Never really know, dude. No. It's crazy, man. But with your new record, so you've got everything done except the backing vocals of it. So we did. We so we finally got back into the studio in the very end of May. So it's all done. I actually just got the masters back two days ago. Mm. What's today? Wednesday, Thursday. I got back on Monday. Uh, so it's all done now. It's, I'm so excited. Uh, the the album artwork. We did a photo shoot for it a few weeks ago. So the, the album artwork's done, but the, what we're gonna, how we're going to roll it out is that we're going to do like, I want I wanted an EP because I've never like, I, I've never really, I've been doing singles for so long that I've never had like a, um, a collection to, to, to sell at, mm. at a, and it, honestly it all stems from, from Europe again. Cause like in the States, no one's selling CDs at the shows anyways, most of the time. Really? But there it's like, it's like, do people buy it? Well, Cause here no one, no one buys it. They, they, you know, they might they might have them there. They'll have like a handful of CDs at the show, but they're not going to sell them. You know what I mean? Cause people are going to go up and be like, Oh, you want iTunes? Cool. I'll just get there. Whereas over, over in Europe, people were asking me for CDs. And so I, I never made a, an album like that of, of all this stuff I've created in the past like six years. So with this, I wanted an EP that we had four songs made as an EP. Yeah. How we're going to roll it out is we're going to basically do each song like a single. So we'll, we'll release three songs as singles and then the fourth will be the EP with an unreleased track. Oh, smart, yeah. man. That's such an interesting idea. That's blowing my mind because I know I've just I recently read an article about like the death of album sales. But I, I studied music through uni like a few years ago. So I've been hearing about the death of album sales for the last 15 years. Totally. And it was like the singles is definitely like the smarter way to go for like social media algorithms, reach and engagement. But then for me, it was just like when I was saying I was doing this album, everyone was like, 
is it going to get physical copies? And that was what's always pushed me to do a full record. And that's why like I'm doing CD and vinyl with it, which is a fuck ton of it. But to me, it's like the Europeans and like some, like the UK, they will put their money in there. Like they put their hand in the pocket to pay for those type of things. It's such a weird, like argument for both. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. I've I've got the uh, the first money I made over there was actually in Preston, uh, and it framed somewhere. Because uh, <laughs> I mean, it was like they bought two CDs, so it was like twenty pounds or something like that. Uh, but yeah, and then like so it was very similar to me. It's like I'd always put out singles, which is great because like it's constant content. But mm-hmm. it also, I mean, even making a, a single costs money, man. Like yeah. the, like the the studio time, the mixing, the mastering. You know, and even if you get buddies to come in and, and play on the, on the track, it's like you want to take them out for a round of, of yeah. drinks, whatever. That's still money. Um, so I it's the same deal. It's like I wanted something that I, if I was going to spend this money on, I wanted to have something like more than just one song out of it. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I had my cousin, uh, I guess, I don't know how to, cousin-in-law. He's married to my first cousin. He's mixed all of my songs. Um, he uh, is an incredible engineer. He used to live out in LA and he was uh, working on a lot of uh, pop and hip hop tracks. Mm. And so uh, he has, it's, it's cool taking my like kind of gritty blues stuff and sending it to him. Cause his ear turns in a different way and always mm. that low end always comes back so great. And like, uh, you know, like, so, so basically we brought him in to produce this as well and, uh, and mix it. So he came up in Nashville for a couple of days back in uh, February and, um, and man, just like listening to like the Matt Holt, the, the, the end product now, it's so cool. And, and thinking, I'm so glad we did every step along the way. I'm glad we did what we did. Uh, and I was talking to him yesterday, the day before. And he's like, yeah, man. He's like, just that, uh, the bass drum, I just wanted to sound like the, the bass drum on bomb track. And I was like, <laughs> I love that you think that, but like, who thinks that, you know, yeah. it's like uh, that, that one specific sound he wanted from that, you know what I mean? And he, and he nailed it. It sounds just like it. But I would never, I, I just knew that I loved how the, the entire drum sounded. Yeah. He was like, yeah, I wanted, I wanted it to sound exactly like that. It's like, God, that's, that's just, that's a perspective that I, that is beyond me. That's like, that's so cool that like, that's, that's the benefit of bringing in an outside ear, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, which I mean, cause if we had gone in there without him in the studio and just been like us, you know, oh, that sounds pretty good. Let's, let's record. That's that sort of thing, you know? Yeah. yeah that's, be- that's like definitely the thing. Cause obviously like I'm, just me and my guitar for the entire time. So with this record, I brought in pedal steel and fiddle. And nice. like what I didn't really, I gave them like a paragraph of like, this song is like this, like it's horns and it's mm-hmm. this, it's atmospheric. And then that was, I didn't give them any like melody or notes or anything. And then what they brought back, just like amplified it to another level. And when it yeah. goes through like a mix and a master from someone else's ear as well, it just takes what you think to like it, it's made me as an artist sound so much better than i actually am <laughs> i feel the same way uh, <laughs> it's, it's nice uh surrounding yourself uh with with mu- better musicians than you are because <laughs> i can i can fuck up as much as i want and then they everyone else just covers it up it's yeah. fine <laughs> yeah but we're getting on to like the hour mark man i don't want to take up too much of your day with it oh, all good, brother. when do you reckon this out like your ep is going to be out Dude, so so we haven't put the entire timeline out. I'm I'm hoping that the first so the first tracks gonna be called Help Me, and it's like it's this stuff is, is definitely a lot like more rock and a lot heavier than my um, other stuff. 
Um, but uh, hoping, what's today, the ninth? I was, I was actually trying to look at this. So I'm hoping the end of July. So mm-hmm. like, you know, now, I mean, I could put it out on a Friday because that's what when most come out. But at the same time, I can put out any other day of the week you want. So um, hopefully the last two weeks of July, because obviously you want to get a little bit of, of promotion in there, pre-sale, whatnot, whatnot, whatnot. Um, so maybe that, maybe that last week of July uh, for the first one. And then, you know, four weeks later, the next one, four mm-hmm. weeks later, the next one, and four weeks later. So like by October, the entire thing would be out. Mm-hmm. Um, but these other songs would be coming out along the way. Um, just like kind of gradually mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. And do you like with the market and in like the roll on stuff, is it just yourself doing it or do you get anyone like outside PR in or is it? I thought about I thought about getting someone else. Um, so I, the guy that I used over in the uh, UK is amazing. His name's uh, Adam Adam Jones Jeffries Adam Jeffrey Jones, uh, and he's and he's one guy that helped me out just in terms of, like um, promoting the tour and, and that sort of thing. Mm. And I can see the benefit of it, but again, that dude, it's expensive, man. Yep. It's like you're paying. I mean, you got it's, it's nice to find something that you what you pay for is what you get, and that was definitely the case with with Adam over there. Um, it was, I mean, you know, so beneficial to have them. And so I can see that the benefit of, of doing it, it's just a matter of, you know, <laughs> like, do, do I want to do to show off the money? It's always worth it. It's worth yeah. it worth it for sure. It's a whole thing like saving money by turning the on sign off. You know, it's like you got to spend the money on something like that. So I have not put together a plan for, uh, for getting it, you know, promoted or stuff like that. But that's uh, also with like doing it one single at a time, I can kind of like see what works, what doesn't yeah. along the way. Cause dude, like right now, the normal methods of, of, you know, marketing and, and promotion and advertising yeah. might not be the same as they were back in March when everything shut down. No, so, it's, it's dude. completely out the window. And like, why like about you is like, you are really like, it, it's kind of like, it's almost sounds day to say someone's business minded when they're a musician, but you have such like a logical head on you. It's like how you're going to approach things. And I think that's why I did this podcast on you. You'd be great to talk to is because you do lay things out like that as an independent musician. And you kind of like myself, like you'd know how to market things. And you know, if anyone listens, they can take that away from it. I've done the same thing for me, but I've also for the next life for the album, I've paid a PR person, which has cost me like it was a mid level guy. So it's not like, I'm not too much out of pocket, but for me, it was like, I'm spending, like a few thousand on this record, I need to put some money into the promotional side of it that I don't have. And that's something. To, that's something to learn, man. Something. Mm. something to learn. Like you, you spend all this money up front, but that's not the end of it. Because yeah. if that's the end of it, then you basically just spend a bunch of money to to have something put on the shelf. Mm-hmm. You know, you yeah. kind of have to keep spending money along the way in order to keep making sure that the investment that you made initially keeps getting pushed back around into the public's face. And that's. That's something that it took me a lot of uh, a lot of singles going through to learn. I, I had no idea because no one told me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's it's, it's something you got you got to put the money in. It sucks, but you got to do it. Yeah. And then for me as well, it was looking at those because everything I sent out for like my first EPs, I got good reviews on and stuff. I've gone back to them straight away. This oh, yeah. time with the network and contacts that they've built up, I can see who responds and then 
on the next one or if I'm just doing a single, it's not a bigger release. I can then hit them up on my own with my own marketing strategy. And it's a really interesting learning process, I think, for like mm-hmm. the music world and things. And that's kind of like my approach for it for this. That's rad. That's a really cool approach. Yeah. Well, yeah, we've all just got to try and muddle our way through at the moment. But I'm going to let you go, dude. Exactly, dude. Thank you so much for sitting down. Thanks for having me on, man. This is it's, awesome. This is such a fucking blast, man. And you're such a nice, eloquent person to have on that. I'm so happy that I got to chat with you. And, Dude, let, you know, please, let's, let's do it again, man. I'm, 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 it's nice It's nice to fucking just sit here and shoot the shit. But after yeah. we've been just like talking via, you know, email, text, and, and yeah. Instagram for so long. Yeah, but um, it fucking sucks that September's getting pushed back. So part two yeah, of this yeah. podcast is going to be face-to-fucking-face in 2021. I promise you that. Good, good, good. It better be, man. <laughs> Thanks so much, dude. I'll hit stop All on right, this now. Cool. All good. And there we have it. Episode 10 of Into the Van Done. We're in double figures now, and I'm so happy that this was the podcast that led us to that. I've got some great guests booked as I'm still reaching out to some American folk that I uh, admire, respect, and know to try and get them on before, you know, hopefully the pandemic leaves and I'll be able to hit up all my local and UK friends, but I wanted to do as much of this face-to-face as I can, and while I can't, I'm taking advantage of that and hitting up some people overseas that I wouldn't get a chance to talk to straight away. So I really hope you've enjoyed this. Go check out Drew Dixon. He's a fucking great guy. He's going to be back over in UK and Europe as soon as he can. He's touring the States. His music's fucking brilliant. Yeah, enough said. Stay safe, guys. Have a good one.